Praise God. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. Oh, except Vicki. Vicki, you come up with me, okay? There she is. I was looking over there for where you usually... Vicki's got something she wants to share with us this morning that's really powerful. Here, let me hold it. Let's go up front. I wanted to buy it for, from her, but she won't sell it. You got to come to the auction. <laughs> so for years, Charlie and I have went down at the Wayne County Fairgrounds. Um, the first Saturday in August, it is the Ohio Mennonite Relief mm. Sale. Um, it's mostly Mennonites, some brethren, and one, and now the last couple years, one Methodist lady. <laughs> <laughs> But they sell um, quilts, and um, they have a tool auction, um, and just, like, goods and services and stuff. And um, so I wanted him, these are due now because they catalog everything, and I wanted him to bless this before it went, so. That's great. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great-looking quilt, too? Doesn't she do great stuff? Yeah, I just love it. So you can't get it unless we go down to the auction. Right. So, so you got to go this year. Okay. First yeah. Saturday. Yeah. And then I made a, they're, they're getting four placemats, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. That's great. So. Well, let's pray and ask God to bless these gifts, okay? Lord God, there are many ways we can be in ministry. Um, things we don't even know that count so much. And this is one of those. That is such a powerful thing that the Mennonites do every year. And we just want to thank you for their ministry. And we want to bless this uh, quilt to whomever it goes to, that they would understand the heart that went into it and the blessing that comes from it. Use it to, to um, enlighten somebody's life every day, we pray in Christ's name. Amen? Amen. And thanks for Vicki's gift, too. Oh, that's right. Donna has this over here. Did you see this? Did you see this thing over here? This is that Matt's Matter stuff. She did that out of plastic. I'm telling you. Yeah. Plastic bags. He is risen. Praise God. Yeah, that's right. He is risen. That's not bad. I'm just warming up from Easter sunrise service this morning, so. Man, was it ever cold. So this morning, as we get into God's Word, I want to start with a little quiz. It goes like this. And guys, especially, you have to be honest. How many of you would admit that at some time in your life, you've locked yourself out of your car or your house? That's a rhetoric. That's not a rhetoric. Raise your hand. (laughs) So if we're all honest, we've all done it at one time, right? Okay, this one's for even harder for the guys. How many of you would admit that at some point in your life you've gotten lost in your car so much, so badly, that you had to stop and ask directions? Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff said the rest of you that didn't raise your hand are liars. So. Here's a tough one, too. How many of you have uh, gotten yourself into trouble 
so much trouble, you know, no matter what it was, it was a mess in your life that there was never any way of you getting out of it by yourself. Anybody get in that kind of trouble? I said to Phyllis Ann one time, I said, if I get a job, we'll get, uh, we'll get married. She's been in trouble ever since, you know. <laughs> and every one of these cases that we're talking about, as you remember that in that time that you were asked that question, um, it reminds us it was a time that we need to be rescued. Rescued from ourselves, from issues in life, from everything going on. And if you think about it, <laughs> I thought about this, that most TV shows we watch today are about rescues. And I wrote down some of them. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. You know, that's nothing but a show about rescue. Apollo 13. My favorite, Armageddon. You know? <laughs> Mission Impossible. Or if we really want to get serious, um, Schindler's List. All of those are talking about being rescued. Um, and then, of course, there's... Titanic and, and um, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, you know, they're all about being rescued. But if you really want to read, read about the story of the greatest book of rescues, you need to pick up God's Word. Amen? Pick up God's Word. There's nothing but rescues in there. We see from the time that Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, God has been doing nothing but rescuing us from ourselves. In the Old Testament, you know, we see of Ab- God rescuing Abraham and, and Jonah, uh, rescuing Noah, rescuing Joseph and Moses and Gideon and Jacob, rescuing the whole tribe of Israel. All you read about in the Old Testament mostly is God rescuing his creation, his people. And then we come to this day, the greatest Uh, rescue story ever, Easter sunrise, Easter morning, Easter day, where God comes to to us as human beings and gives us a way to be rescued. It's an amazing thought that, that he would do all this just for us. When you read his word, when you read his word, if you look at it real close and digest it, you'll see him rescuing even you and me. It's in 1 Timothy I have a couple of scriptures. By the way, if you want a sermon outline notes, there's some back there on the desk. If anybody wants one, raise their hand. Somebody will get one to you. Uh, not that I have anything important to say, but God might have something. In um, 1 Timothy, it goes like this. There is only one God, one Jesus Christ, and he is the only one who can bring us to God. Because our, our Jesus became truly human And he gave himself, now listen to this, to rescue all of us. And I did a Bible study, on a word study on that word all. And you know what that word means? Anybody? All. It means everybody. It doesn't matter what religion you are, what ethnic you are, what language you speak, what color. It doesn't matter. All. He came to rescue all of us. My goodness. I thought that was just pretty cool that nobody was exempted. And then in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Jesus Christ rescues us by offering himself as a sacrifice for our sins. God's plan is that we, go ahead, all, all experience that rescue that he has for, for us. This is the word of God, my friends, for all, all people. Praise God. Let's pray together.
Father, we just thank you for this time that we could come and worship you today to sing these great songs about you being alive. As we hear your word here now, help us to have, have really close ears to what you would say to us. Help us to hear, and then help us to leave this place different than we entered in, to go and be your servant. We pray your blessing upon our hearing and upon the proclaiming. May your servant's words be nothing more than your words. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So if all these things happen because of our own craziness, then the question is begged, what did Jesus come to rescue us from? And what do I need to be rescued from? We should ask ourselves that every day. What does Christ rescue us from? Well, I could give you a couple hundred reasons that he needs to rescue us from. But let me just give you 150 out of the book of Psalms. We have time this morning. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) I can hear Vic saying, okay, bring it home. Oh, I'm sorry. I love that. Psalm, in Psalms, there's 150 times we hear that God rescues us, just in the book of Psalms. Let me give you just a couple of them. The Bible says Jesus rescues us from the stress of life. He can rescue us from the attacks of other people. He wants to rescue us from our own guilty conscience, so we don't have to carry that garbage around, you know? He wants to rescue us from our overwhelming problems. And Craig, I know you're going through a lot, but there's a lot of people in here going through them too. You know, we're not on this island by ourselves, family, are we? You know? He wants to rescue us from the thing that bothers us the most, the fear of death, the judgment that we might face, from financial disaster. He wants to rescue us from the addictions we have, no matter what they are. Could be, you know, what's that show on TV? It comes on every day at 1230, Young and Restless or something. (laughs) You know? He wants to rescue us from a life without purpose, from people who cause us trouble, from worry, from depression. He even wants to rescue us from traps that are not even in our, our purvey that we don't see. The bottom line is this. There is no problem in your life that God is not interested in and wants to help you um, be rescued if we would but trust him. The problem of it is, is in Psalm 25, um, if you notice in your sermon notes, in Psalm 25 it says, my problems keep multiplying. My problems keep multiplying. Like those little dust bunnies under the bed. You know, they just keep multiplying. You wipe them up and they're back the next day. My problems keep multiplying, going from bad to worse. And I need to know you, Lord, and you only, because you rescue me from them all. Jesus, my friends, didn't say, I, I just came to rescue you and get you into heaven. He said, I came to rescue you from all the issues in your life. He brings, and it's in Psalm 18, he brings uh, me out into a spacious place. 
He rescues me. He rescues me. Now listen to this next part. He rescues me because he delights in me. You need to hear that today, friends. God does not, he's not angry at us. We hear that he loves us, but even more than that, you know what? He likes us. In the midst of everything, I can't believe of all the stupid things I do personally. I am not talking about you, but me, I know, and I can't believe that he likes me. He loves me, yes, I understand that. So today, as I share this with you, we need to understand that we need to deliver somebody to rescue us. If we didn't need one, God wouldn't have sent one. We need to, my friends, if you don't hear anything today, we need to be saved. Hmm. If we don't, he wouldn't have needed to send a Savior. Amen? And we need to be redeemed. We need to know that. Or else God wouldn't have sent a Redeemer to do what he's doing. So the starting point to all this is to know that we need it. Because we're all going to have these problems that the psalmist talked about. Financial problems, physical problems, mental problems, spiritual problems, anxiety problems, family problems. You name it, we're going to have it. And if you haven't had it yet, come and see me and I'll help you. Gosh. He brings us into a spacious place. Not to give us limits, but to expand our life. Psalm 85 says, You, Lord, are ready to rescue anyone who worships you. And I, I want to delve into that just a little bit. We all, you get that all, are going to have these spots in our lives. How do we get out of them? We need that rescuer. How does that happen? Let me try to share with you some thoughts on that, how it happens. The first thing we need to do if we want to be rescued, are you ready? This is all rocket science. You need to put on your thinking hat. The first thing that we need to do is admit that we need, admit that we need rescuing. Did you all get that? Wake up with me. Did you all get that? We need to understand that we need to say, I need to be rescued from whatever's going on. I need to admit my need that I need rescued. It's in Psalm 70. He says, I'm deep in trouble, Lord. Rush to my aid, for you only can help me and get me out of this mess. In Psalm 40, he says, here you go. You ready? I'm in a mess. I'm not, there's nothing, I, and I have the, nothing that makes sense. Make something out of everything for me. You can do it. You know why? Because, God, you got what it takes to get me out of this mess. Mm. Mm, my friends. And, and, um, Psalm 1827, God's word says, You, Lord, rescue those who are humble. Now, you have to hear that. Are you ready? God does not rescue prideful people. Did you all get that? He doesn't do it. He doesn't rescue people who say that I don't need rescued. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He doesn't come and say, okay, you need rescued. I'm going to rescue you, whether you want it or not. Literally, he did do that. He came and rescued you, whether you want it or not. It's called Easter. Whether you want it or not, he died for you. 
But he's not going to force it on you. That's the key that we need to understand. He's not going to force it on us. He's not going to make us do that. He's not going to say, okay, you're going to have a mess tomorrow. I'm going to rescue from him right now. Sorry. He's not going to do that. We need to humble ourselves. Come to him and say, Lord, I need to be rescued. Gosh. Did you all get that? It's difficult. Probably the hardest thing in the world. That's why it's number one. Number one thing. It's not rocket science. We have to say, Lord, I'm, I'm in a mess and I need your help. We have to admit it. The hardest thing to do. I'm going to take care of this myself. And he says, okay. Let me know if you need any help. Hmm. Which brings us to the second thing. Because we have to admit that we need rescued, and then we have to admit that we can't do it by ourselves. I can't, I can't take care of my things. The psalmist in 62, Psalm 62 says, I stand silently before the Lord, waiting for you to rescue me, for salvation comes from you alone. Oh, my. Oh, my. We need to understand that... Um, um, Biden's um, money that he sends out isn't going to take care of our mess. Amen? Hmm. Government isn't going to do it. Our jobs aren't going to do it. Popular opinion, popular opinion is not going to do it. Um, all these talk show hosts are telling you how to do it, but they can't do it. Amen? It's only God that can change our lives, isn't it? And help us. Psalm 49 says there's no such thing as self-rescue. No such thing as pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Did you all hear that? The cost of rescue is beyond our means. I, I always chuckle when somebody tells me that, uh, doesn't it say in God's word that he wants us to pull up our bootstraps and go? No, that's a, a Benjamin Franklin or somebody saying, they say, no, God, it's just the opposite. God says, I know you can't do it. Let me help you. Amen. Let me help you. Not go do it yourself. It's impossible. We need to understand that there's no such thing as a self-rescue. In other words, we can't earn our salvation. We can't earn our, our time of getting out of this craziness. You can't pay for it. You can't do enough good things in life. There's just no way you can do it. Um, you, can't, you can't love enough. You can't give enough. There's nothing you can do to get this. It's all free. Easter Sunday says that Jesus paid the ticket. He paid the price of all that. There's no other way except through him, and we have to admit that we can't do it ourselves. And still we walk around here and say, I can do this myself. I don't need to go to God. I don't need to ask him to do anything. I, I can dig myself out of this. I can, I can, people still today literally say, I can get myself into heaven. Well, let me ask you a question. How's that going? If you're like me, not too good. So we need to admit we need rescuing. We need to admit we can't do it ourselves. And thirdly, we need to say, Jesus, I need you to save me. It's Psalm 91. When you call on me, God says this. When you call on me, I will answer. I will be with you in your trouble, and I will rescue you. Mm-hmm. God makes that promise. He makes that promise. And I want to tell you something today, my friends. God cannot break a promise. 
Many people ask me at, at times, what can God not do? And uh, there's a lot of things he can't do. Like he can't change his nature. He can't deny it. He can't deny who he is. And, and a big one is that he can't lie. So whenever he says something in his word, believe me, he says, when you call on me, I will answer you, and I will be with you in your trouble, and I will rescue you. It's not I'll think about rescuing you. It's I will rescue you. There's only one truth that matters in this world, and it's that truth right there that God says. There's another thing he can't deny, and that's his love for us. If there was no, his love was not here in this world for us, there'd be an uglier place than we think that it is. Anyone who calls, anyone, that's that all thing, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not might be saved, will be saved. God says, God says this. He says, I'll do my part, you do your part. What's God's part? What's his part? It's, it's uh, giving us the opportunity to be saved. It's uh, rescuing us. It's delivering us. It's redeeming us. What's our part? Trusting him to do that. Amen? That's it. Just calling out and saying, okay, Lord, I believe you. Which brings me to the fourth thing. Ready? If I need rescuing, and I admit I can't do it myself, and I have to ask Jesus to save me, then what we need to do is commit our life to him. Psalm 31, I commit my spirit into your hands, Jesus saying on the cross. And then it says, rescue me, Lord, for you alone are a faithful God. I only can trust God and what he says about everything in life. The trouble of that is, is people say, well, I can't see any of that. You show me that, show me that, and I'll believe it a little bit better. Well, you know, I, I get tired of an argument like that. I don't know about you, but... It, it says, it says that we don't think about things too much because there's a lot of things that we don't see that we put a lot of trust in, isn't there? You know, we watch television waves, but we don't see them, do we? I'm not hooked into any cable, just a power cable on our TV. There's nothing else there. There's some kind of things going in there. I watch it every day, especially at 1230. <laughs> radio, I don't listen to the radio too much anymore, but they're still out there, radio waves, microwaves. I, I'm always concerned about eating them. And, um, and um, <laughs> cell phone waves. Is that what they're called? Whatever they are. You know, they're out there flying around, but we don't see them. So we have this selective trust. We can trust in TV and television, all that stuff, our phones, but we're not going to trust in the Spirit of God that we can't see. Amen? That's garbage. Okay? Always remember that. We need to trust and and choose to trust God and His grace in our lives. And then it brings us to the last thought. And this is a simple one. If I need rescuing and know that I can't do it myself, and I ask Jesus to help me to do this, let him come into my life, commit him to my life, then I have to do nothing more than trust him. Are you ready? Trust him. Trust him. I I, I think it's in Psalm 50. It goes like this. Trust me in your times of trouble, and I will rescue you, and you and you will give me glory for it. In Psalm 91, it says, If you love me and truly know who I am, I will rescue and keep you safe. I'll be with you through all your struggles. That's what God says to us. 51 years, I made that, 51 years ago, I made that statement of trust. 
Um, knowing nothing about who God was, Jesus was, other than swear words, you know what I mean? And, um, and living a life of craziness. And, and I remember 51 years ago at 11.30 at night, laying in the bed, and I had been saying um, uh, in different times throughout things, when I would wake up cognitive and not um, out in Never Never Land, I would wake up and say, there must be something more to life than this. And I said that three times the last year of my um, addiction, uh, active addiction. Um, and I was laying there on that bed, and I, 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 I said this thing of trust. I said, God, if you're there, <laughs> I remember saying that. I said, I don't think you're there, but if you're there, and Jesus Christ, I don't know if you died for me or not, but if you did, then right now, as much as I can, I accept that life. It has to be better than what I have right now. And I said, in a sense, that things weren't going good. And I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. You know what happened at that moment? I'm in a, in a bedroom above this place is garbage, you know, and, and I thought something might happen. You know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. I didn't feel any different. I didn't get in any emotional high. I didn't get any quiver in my liver, you know, that stuff that they talk about. Worst of all, I didn't speak in tongues. I didn't see any angels. And when I looked in the mirror, my hair was still long and shaggy, and it didn't turn white like Charlton Heston's. All it was was a matter of fact. It was just a statement that changed my life. And it was a turning point in, in our lives at that time. And it, it brought meaning and purpose to my life. I know for a fact today, today 51 years later, stronger than I did 51 years ago, I know for a fact that when I, this body quits pumping blood, I'll be in the presence of God. I'll be in heaven. Why? Because I needed rescued, my friends. Because I put my trust in a guy who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I, I thought to myself, I don't know what the, what the difference is, and it took me like um, almost nine years to understand things how they should be, but it was, um, it was a long journey, and it's still a long journey. I'm still, still learning, still trying to grab a hold of it. Me and Jeff right here. Okay? It's an amazing thing that you and I have been rescued and either have accepted or haven't. And this morning, I want to help us all in that range. I, I want to pray a prayer with you. And you can pray it if you want to, and you don't, you don't have to pray it. But if you think you need rescued, here's the prayer that will help you. Bow your hearts with me, would you? And dear God, now you can say that in your heart, whatever you want to say, you know. Dear God, uh, right now I admit I need to be rescued. I understand better today that if I didn't need to be rescued, you wouldn't have sent a Savior to save me and to help me. There are things in my life right now there are things in my life right now that I cannot change. I know there's no way I can do it. 
I need you to intervene and rescue me from these issues. Whatever it may be, friends, whatever you're dealing with, he says, I will take care of it. So this morning, so much as, as I know how, I say to you that I admit you and, and I need you in my life. I admit that I cannot save myself. And Jesus, as best as I know how right now, I'm calling on your name to rescue me, to save me. And I want to commit my life, whatever it entails, all of it, the good, the bad, and <laughs> the ugly, all of it, Lord. I want to commit it to you today. I want to trust you to rescue me and get me into that better place, that place that is better than good. <laughs> I want to trust you in every area of my life. I pray this in your son's name this morning. My goodness, if you prayed that prayer, then God has rescued you at this moment. God, thank you for that. He says, uh, um, I will rescue from whatever you're dealing with. You don't have to go through it alone anymore. And believe me, friends, you are rescued. It doesn't go by our feelings. And if nothing happened, that's, that's cool. <laughs> but spiritually, and based on his promise, you are rescued. And if you're like me, God is going to put you in the business of being assistant rescuers. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person here this day every person in the, in the churches in this community that have heard your, your salvation story today, your, your He is risen story. I pray for their families and pray especially for their health as we think of Craig and, and others today, so many here. But anybody that's having struggles beyond their understandings, I pray that you'd just bless them somehow in every way. As we leave this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of our Father and the power of the Holy Spirit protect, love, and take care of. Lord, protect us, we pray. Give us full lives and meaningful lives. And I pray your blessing upon all of us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, our rescuer. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's, uh